Hey man, your hey. mustache is looking spiffy. <laughs> I'm I'm in the training phase. <laughs> <I'm> tra- <laughs> no, I noticed your mustache the from the from the first. So I sit on the first row. Yeah. If you're not a part of our church, I sit on the first row, listening, watching, yeah. anticipating what's going to come out of your mouth as we <laughs> lead us into worship. But I noticed your mustache is yeah. super magoo today, like crazy twisted. You got no, the wax. It's not, I've got. I'm it tra- looks good. I'm training it. it yeah, I'm good. training it. So. If you want a handlebar mustache, you have to basically just let a regular mustache grow down over your lips and just keep going, and then you have to wax it up or do whatever and you to train it, right? it. I don't. I have not yet. Am I heading there? It's not long enough to twist yet, but I'm I'm in the midst of training it to grow instead of straight down to the side, so that eventually I can start curling it. It's my winter look, man. Yeah. I'm getting full, big bearded and fluffy. Yeah. It looks good. That fluffy is interesting. I, I was working on my beard last night, and I came out, as I'm wont to do with my family, and I was like, okay, tell me what you notice. And they'll look at my beard, and they'll be like, nothing changed. What did you do? And I, you know, I've made this minor, minor change, yeah. and I'm like, so it still looks okay? And they're like, yeah, Dad, it looks all right. And Abby was like, I mean, it looks fluffy. <laughs> like, that's what, I was like, wait, is that a good thing or bad? And she nice. was like, it's a beard thing. I don't know. <laughs> I like it. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. You're listening to a local church podcast hosted by my dad, Pastor Ryan Marco. Be sure to leave a review and share this resource. Love God, love people, make disciples. All right. Hey. Hey. Uh, So off air. Yes. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about if you're keeping up with the sports. Yeah. You and I are on different sides of the state, right? Correct. Uh, in yes. In terms of who we root for. Yes. You want to talk about your night uh, first? I don't. I don't. <laughs> not not uh, particularly. No. Uh, number one, Georgia came, uh, I guess, hosted. Yeah. Invi- number 20, Invited UK. Kentucky yeah. into their domain. Man. Kentucky left crowd, with their tail between their place. legs. Uh, <laughs> it's rough, right? But on the flip side, Louisville hasn't How about historically Louisville? been very yeah. well. And then they got a new coach this year, hometown boy, Notre Dame, number 10. And again, Notre Dame just lost to, was it Ohio State? Well, two weeks ago they yeah. lost Ohio State. Last week they barely beat Duke. Yeah, it was. they've had some uh, a tough run. Like, who is Notre Dame? But also Louisville but, fans are like, who is Louisville? Right. And but, they, but, but Notre Dame's, I mean, the brand, right? Yeah. It's Notre Dame. And they were ranked... 10th going yeah. into that and game last night. They got the TV night. contract and yeah. all that stuff. But Louisville, the the crowd, I think the, the 12th man really helped man, a lot. Man, it was a crazy yeah. down there. I was, they were uh, really psyched. I was reading the sermon, and I had a little, little preview screen on the corner of my iPad, and I was like, I couldn't help but keep <laughs> yeah. listening and watching and reading. And I was like, man. Uh, but, hey, no matter what side you, 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 you sit on the camp, God still loves you. <laughs> That's exactly and, right. Uh, it's going to be a new day tomorrow. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Hey, but we've been like speak. I mean, we didn't watch those games together together yesterday, yeah. but we've been kind of footballing it up this weekend. Had you on my radio program on oh, Friday yeah, night, yeah. right? Our, our, the Battle of the Border. <laughs> yeah, we Ryan and I did the um, local high school radio um, broadcast. Yeah. For the one of the high schools here in town and. We had a good time. If you yeah. don't have anything to do on Friday night, you can stream us. The Shelby County uh, football. Yeah. Uh, beat. Next next game I'll be doing, I don't know if you want to go to it. I, I ask you to do the Shelby County games because your daughter's there and yeah. you know, you're know you going anyway. 
But the next game, I do both schools. And so the next game, I've got, I'm going to do the other side of town. <laughs> oh, man, the crowd is not happy with that. No. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It's 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 a cool hobby. Yes, it's a it cool is. thing that you do. You and your dad did it. Yeah, uh, it's no, a, it's it, a cool yeah. thing. It's yeah. cool. Uh, I really enjoyed listening to you guys when you did that in the past, and you invited me to do it. Yeah, uh, here recently, and uh, I don't have to sit at home alone. So yeah, it's we really had a good, good time. Yeah, uh, let's jump in. Okay, uh, we got a couple things to talk about. Big thing to talk about. I don't know if we want to do that first or do it towards the end. Somber. Um, uh, yesterday, uh, I guess through the evening, right? We were all sleeping when we woke up. All the social media, all the news uh, were showing uh, the Hamas. Uh, it's a terrorist organization out of Gaza, uh, attacked Israel uh, by land, air, sea. It was multifaceted. They took hostages. They slain, murdered a lot of uh, innocent civilians and people. Man. And it took a while for Israel to kind of kind of get reorganized. Uh, 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 but now they're, I guess, on the attack. And uh, the U.S., uh, this is not like secret news. It just came out on social media a couple hours ago. Uh, are sending a fleet, uh, aircraft carriers like big, yeah. you know, muscle Navy muscle uh, to the Mediterranean Sea in in support of or to help out Israel. Uh, it's a big deal. Uh, I am not a prophetic speaker or someone that looks at the end times and all that stuff. Right. Uh, but you can't help but uh, pray and to seek God and tr- ask for peace uh, in that area, especially Israel, God's chosen people. Right. As believers, we're grafted into Israel, the the nation. We're a holy nation, a holy people. Uh, and so let's maybe take a moment. Let's pray for Israel, for peace, uh, and for God's justice yeah. to work out the way it's supposed to work out. I think um, it it it's, uh, I love encouraging our listeners to just kind of pause this show and, and do pray on the spot. Um, I think there's, uh, con- there's always going to be conflict over, you know, there in that in that region. And maybe it's... If you look at it historically speaking, and you you know you look at the Bible and 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 understand the the history of those of what you know is often referred to as God's chosen people, no doubt that they are. But um, you know a lot of that what's what's happening today, in the sense of the Jew, the sense of the person born Jew, still identifies themselves as a child of Abraham, doesn't recognize Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah. And so, you know, that's a lot of my prayers there is, as I suspect happened in the Old Testament when you were, you know, when Israel itself forgot who it was and, would, you know, I feel like Israel, I want Israel to know who it is. Yeah. It's not just a birthright, but it is, you know, uh, uh, an op- opportunity to know the Messiah. Yeah, that's a big thing. The big prayer is, yeah, peace, yeah. but also that they come to know Jesus as Messiah, as the Messiah, uh, who is long prophesied about before uh and jesus himself when he looked into jerusalem he weeped because they didn't recognize he knew he was going to go to the cross he knew they were going to crucify him and they didn't recognize who he was mm-hmm. spoken about thousands of years before right um and so pray for peace pray for salvation also to the jewish people right yeah you want to lift it up well you mean pray right now yeah, let's let's let's, do it. let's 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 just go ahead you know whether or not you're gonna pause the and pray on your own or not but just just if you're if you're not driving, just close your eyes and let's just lift it up and just and just pray, talk to our our Father and say and say God, we we love you. We know that you are sovereign and that you are King and that you are uh, the the good and mighty God. And all things work according to your good plan. And while we don't understand them, 
We're not meant to understand them. We ask for an increase in our faith. We ask that you um, comfort us, put your spirit on us in a way that just allows us to believe and know that you are God and you are in control. There's a situation going on globally that we don't understand completely. We don't understand what's happening, but we pray for peace. We pray for, for cooler heads. We pray for you to be sought through all of this. We pray that, God, that your presence is there and that's, that safety abounds and that you are glorified through something that is ugly right now in our eyes. But we know it's working for your good. We thank you for all that you are. Thank you for your um, consistency through time uh, from before to the end of time. We know that you are God and we are not. We just submit to that and thank you for being our God. In your son's name we do pray. Amen. Yeah. Today we're talking about J.I. Packer. Um, and the topic of today is almightiness. Now I got some beef with Jab Pecker. He mentioned this. Uh, he has passed away, and so I don't have that kind of beef with him. Oh, he had he been alive? What had he been alive? Go? Maybe a letter. An email. What's, what do the kids say? Looking to looking to throw <laughs> throw hands? I don't know. That's they the they said. they said that maybe a few years ago. No, thanks. Uh, no, he he lumps in God's omnipresence and his omnipotence together. I would separate them, but he does it. He's a lot smarter than I am. He has a published book, right? <laughs> He's a theologian. I'm not. Um, except R.C. Sproul would say we're all theologians. Um, but um, anyway, he does both. But the passage that he uses, this is his uh, God, uh, his almightiness, is Jeremiah 23, 24. Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth? declares the Lord like so that's omnipresence right um more not so much as power but I guess it is power but God's presence is everywhere not that he fills a space like air but that he is present uh uh in all aspects of life in creation uh but his omnipotence is God's power God can do all that he will uh, and all that he wants um within his word right within his uh, his uh, word that he's given us with uh, and who he is and what he's able to do and how he does it. Um, he doesn't owe us an explanation. Um, he can do all that he wills. And there's a whole lot more in here. He uses a lot of passages, a lot of uh, references. I like Job. Talks 40, about Job, yeah. Yeah, Job 42.4. I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. God can do it all and nothing that he chooses to do can be stopped. Um, that's his omnipotence. Uh, but his omnipresence is that God is everywhere uh, in a sense that he is not, uh, you cannot be hidden from God. Things cannot be hidden from God. And again, like we talked about with, with time. Yeah, and uh, space. We and no, space. Well, we are time-bound creatures. We are body-bound creatures. Yeah. And so to think of something that, that isn't physical is is our limited brains struggle with that concept, and so the idea that God is everywhere, you know, my brain automatically goes to mind. yeah. I mean, what are we talking particles here? What, 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 yeah. it, that's it's it baffles the mind. Um, and and Packer's just saying, you know, the God we serve is not. I mean, he made himself human, yeah, but uh, you know, but he is beyond that. I think I th and I would say going into the omnipotent part of that is because we're finite it's hard for us to grasp that god can do anything mm. right like we often run to anything and everything but god because we can those are tangible 
my friends can help me, right? That book I can read and get inspiration. But when we, we see that God can do all things, it's often, it's so hard for us to grasp. We, yeah. he's not really the first option that we run to a lot of the times. Like in my life, like when I'm sick, where do I go? You know what helps me sometimes yeah. when like, like these concepts are, are comforting yeah. to know that our God is that, but also at the same time, they're, they're pretty abstract. But I, I find that it's sometimes helpful. Every time I think about these concepts, I think about the, the opposite of them and the <laughs> fact that Satan is not yeah. omnipotent and omnipresent. And yet we give Satan so much power, so much of our attention. We think he's I mean, equal opposite. Exactly. But he's not. And he's he doesn't have these qualities. Yeah. And we give him such credibility to know that, you know, I mean, it it just goes to his, you know, desires to be king of the earth um, and, and be as successful as he is when God is all places, all times, there's comfort there. And it, yeah. and it puts it in a perspective like our God is a God, yeah. the God, yeah. you know, and what well, goes back to the garden? Did yeah. God really say, and he manipulates people, Satan manipulates people to say, yeah, maybe God's word's not real. Maybe his word's not true. Maybe God is not who he says he is. Um, but we read things like God can do all things. Nothing can be thwarted. Like, um, it's, it's bigger than just what we think God is. Yep. Um, and so, yeah. Anything else with that? No, sir. Let's jump into the sermon review. Okay. Um, five points. Yeah. Today was a five pointer. Like we haven't done that in a while. It, I don't it's think. been a while. Now I'll tell you this. One time in my life, I preached a sermon that had nine points. That <laughs> was I around? I don't know. If, I think it was a Sunday night. Maybe yeah. was it was some, maybe a Sunday morning. I was filling in for you. I don't really remember. I had Man, nine points. I would have like, Hey, <clears throat> yeah. Maybe. And like, I got called out. <laughs> like, Gosh. I don't know that anyone stood up in the middle of it. It was, was afterwards, like, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it was very much a, was it a hug? Like a little, little, hey, little neck hug? Buddy, you're yeah. going a little long there. Now, I was impressed today, though. Like when you do nine points, it's like a paragraph, yeah. you know, per point, and yeah. you got, and so it's very skim surfacey. Five points was bold, I think. And five points was bold, but I don't. There was it was all really under this one header of you know when sin prevails, when when we give sin more, what sin does, yeah, uh, through the lens of what David did, and um. I didn't feel like it was it was shallow in the yeah. sense of five points. You got to spread all that out. I didn't th- get that. Good. Did it flow well? I thought it did. Robin, I mentioned the five points. Robin's like nobody noticed it. Like she didn't right. notice it was five points. Right. I I think that it was because they weren't five individual things to think about to oh, gotcha. go, uh, avoid sin. Number one, they were uh, they were sequential, and so it didn't feel like Good. five separate. You know, major that was points. the goal yeah. <laughs> to flow through the 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 the. The unfolding of David's sin right. and the the consequence of sin. Uh, the theme this morning: God is gracious, merciful to undeserving sinners. Right. That's kind of where I started. A lot of I didn't really refer back to it until the very end. Um, but the first one, David's temptation and fall. What was David's temptation? Bathsheba. Yeah, Bathsheba, and the fall was he committed adultery and then murder of the husband Uriah. Sure. Uh, there's a lot in that. I wanted the the church. I don't think we talk about sin a lot in the church. Um, as far as sermons go and then what to look for. Uh, and so I wanted to play out the progression of it. So the temptation and then ultimately the sin. Um, but first he wasn't where he was supposed to be right. Oftentimes we sin when we're not where we're supposed to be, maybe mentally or physically. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not in the right space. I'm not in the right, uh, mental space either. If I'm not in God's word, I'm more susceptible to temptation, right? If I'm not 
walking with God, walking with Christ uh, in my life on a regular basis, I'm more susceptible to fall. Um, and then also physically, if I'm in the wrong place, I'm going to do the wrong thing yeah. usually. Um, and so that's where David was. The second thing is he dipped his toe in the water when he looked and then he inquired about her, right? Mm. He could have turned after he saw like, okay, there's a woman on the bay. She's bathing. I'm going to just go, I'm going to leave the room. I'm right. going to go and forget about what I just saw. And yet he asked the question kind of meant like for the church, like was how close can I get to the line? Right. And I told the church, like, <laughs> just don't go near the line. Don't be on. Don't, yeah. don't worry about the line. Just yeah. run away from the, the temptation yeah. uh, itself. Uh, but David, like us, dips his toe in and then he sends for her. Right. And then ultimately he falls into adultery and then murder. Right. He tries to cover it up. We wouldn't jump into anything. Yeah, well, I, I liked, so everybody knows the story. He did have adultery, <clears throat> and she became pregnant, and then that was like, oh, okay, now I have to cover this up. And I thought you spent a good amount of time, you know, nobody loves, uh, it, it's, unco no, I'm not going to say that. It's uncomfortable in a sermon when a pastor's calling out certain things, right? You're, yeah. you've, you're in your sin, ah, yeah, I am, dang, you know, or... And you're covering up your sin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're cutting really close to the bone there, friend. And I um, I thought you did that masterfully in the sense of you, you made your point and you, not your point, but you make you know, the point for God to say, this is not something we fool around with. And once we get down a road, it's human nature to continue down that road. Yeah. And and really, we're, we're hurting ourselves so badly the more we try to cover up, the more we try to... I mean, if you think back to J.I. Packer and how we started this, yeah. it's not like we're really hiding anything yeah. from God. Yeah. And yet our human nature t tends to tends to do, want to do that, um, to fake, to put on airs, to you know protect, or whatever it may be. David did that, yeah. uh, tried to cover up his own sin, got... got uh, her husband to, you know, come back from the front. Yeah, the way he does it is yeah. rough. Like, he does it twice. First is, hey, Uriah, come home, and then go hang out with your wife. Uriah being the good soldier is like, hey, all my peeps are in the field. I'm going to sleep outside, right? So David's like, you know what? That cover-up, number one, fail. Number two, though, I'm going to get him drunk yeah, and then send him home. And he won't know any better. Yeah, and Uriah, being the good soldier that he is, doesn't go to his house. And so David then writes a letter not only does he write the letter of Uriah's murder, hey, Joab, when the fighting gets really bad, put Uriah up front and then draw back, and he's ultimately going to die from it, right? Mm -hmm. But then he gives it to Uriah to take it. Like, a lot of people don't really remember that part. Yeah, David gives Uriah the let the death note for Uriah, and Uriah takes it back. I, I can't imagine, like, the entanglement, the bondage of sin that David's in, the cover-up. Yeah. He just goes deeper, and he it, there's no way out at this point. His, his heart's going to be just consumed by this sin teachers do this in my school to a, a much smaller degree but they'll write a letter oh, yeah. they'll write a note <laughs> and they'll hand it to the kid who is yeah. misbehaving and say take this to mr allen you know what i did as a sub <laughs> in middle school and high school i used to make the student write the letter oh, no. like you write and tell what's going on in your own words, and then you go take it. It's like it was well, worse. Then, Uriah would be like, "I'm doing nothing. <laughs> I'm the good guy here." Well, yeah, there's no way. Teachers will write this note and be like, "Hey, get this kid because he is goofing off in my class." Gosh. And the kid hands it to me, not knowing what it says. Yeah. I open it up and I'm like, "Oh, poor." Bro, did you read this? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. And so the Joab 
had to have opened that letter and thought that exact same thing, right? Did, did, Why did you bring me this? You didn't read this, did you? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's, but it's, we see this progression of sin. Yeah. David's covering up. He's, he's getting deeper and deeper. And we talk about the bondage of sin. But one of the questions I asked was, when we sin and we're convicted, what should we do? The first thing we should do is confess, right? Yeah. Is to get rid of it. It's, it's just a weighty thing you don't have to carry around. Charles Spurgeon says this. I'll let you comment. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said, as soon as we are, con- are conscious of sin, the right thing is not to begin to reason with it or wait until we have brought ourselves into a proper state of heart, but to go at once and confess the tran- transgression unto the Lord there and then. Yeah. We think. Well, I think that that's really, really hard for for so many of for me individually. Yeah. Um, you know, when I sin, I need to I need to fix that, and that's my thought. I need to fix that. Oh yeah, and that's exactly the opposite of what Spurgeon's like. As soon as you recognize it, you need to be on your knees. You need to be confessing yeah. this to to our dad and saying, "Not you are the you know evil father who's going to spank me, yeah. but you're the good father who's going to hug me and walk with me through yeah. this." And our human nature is like, "I need to get my heart right. I need to get this this yeah. this fixed. I need to put these place these these safeguards in place so that I don't go about it again." And and it's all about my effort oh, to yeah. white knuckle my way through my sin no, that's good. alone. And that's not going to work. Yeah. It's why we fall back into oh, yeah. sin, I think. Yeah. One of the things that we talk, I think we talked about this a lot, couple last couple of weeks is uh, you're not saved because of your work, right? Right. You're saved because of what Jesus has done. You're the one that's got to have faith in Christ that he is enough to save you. I asked the next question, pastor, then how do I know God will forgive me? And I mentioned a couple of passages. First uh, John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Uh, our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The second one was Psalm 103, 11, for as far as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. I liked how you transitioned from this idea of, you know, if you, if you, if you confess to God, he will forgive you, to the idea of, I think, I think a, a, a cynical person would say, well, if I can ask for forgiveness every time, then why why stop? Why would I ever stop sinning? Oh yeah. And you moved into the idea that there are consequences for sin. Yes, yeah. we can get forgiveness every time we repent and come to our Father. Now, repentance involves a desire to stop sinning. Yeah. But you can get forgiveness, but there is consequence to sin. Yeah. And it 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 impacted David greatly. Yeah. You jumped all the way to the end. Sorry. Uh, but no, that's good. I think I think it's good. Like. We think about sin as in like, yeah, I, I, I can be old and I can get right with Jesus before yeah. I die, right? Um, but there are consequences to this. It may not be immediate, like David's case, right? It was immediate. Yeah. Um, but it may be down the road. It may be a generation from now, your kids will deal with the same thing you're dealing with, right? It's it's There's consequences uh, to it. But You're right. I skipped Nathan. Sorry. No, David had a godly correction in that. Yeah. And so that moved David to repentance. I think David knew. Right? I think he was conscious of it, but he just was so far in the cover-up, He there was no way out. He couldn't see any way out. And there's a lot of people that we might know that you might be sitting and you might be feel like there's no, like, this is my life. Like, there's no way out. I don't know where to turn. Like, And so, but I I pray that we all have a Nathan yeah. right, in, in our lives. Nathan brings up a, I love sto- how you said that. a story yeah. um, of a rich man who's got a lot of lambs and a poor man who has one lamb and he raised it like a child. 
And a visitor came to the rich man, and the rich man, instead of taking one of his own lambs, takes the poor man's lamb. And David gets peeved. Like, he's mad. He's like, that guy deserves to die <laughs> uh, and pay back fourfold. And what does Nathan Nathan say? You're, you're the man. Yeah, that's you. You're the rich guy who took the poor man's lamb. Not only did you take it, you also killed the guy. Right. right? Um, and he says that the Lord anointed you king over Israel, and he delivered him out of the hand of Saul. Like, God has done so much for you. Why would you take the poor man's lamb, right? Um, and there is the moment where David says, I have sinned against I have sinned, the Lord. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I brought this into... I hope that we as brothers and sisters in Christ would do the same for one another. I don't think we talk about this part right. uh, in the church at all. Ever. Yeah. And, you know, if somebody... Do you think it came across well? I do. I do. Um, I think it's, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't think that anybody is... I think in, in the moment when you said it, I was like, yeah, boy, we all need a Nathan. Boy, if we, we <laughs> but then but, you're like, and uh, you're my best friend. But if you were, if, and, and it, but if you honestly came to me and you were like, Ryan, we need to talk about your sin, my instantaneous reaction yeah. would be, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, yeah. it would be hard because that's my human reaction. What and, if I told you a story like that first? Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, <laughs> no. but, but you know, everybody thinks the first thing you think to is the speck in the log. You know, uh, you yeah. got a log in your How own eye, you? friend. Yeah. Um, but as we mature as Christians and as we think through uh, the the bigger pieces of it, um, I would hope that we could be mature enough to to recognize, yeah, yeah. you're just you're you love me. That's why you would do such a thing. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> me too. Uh, but I, I started with like many would rather say what I do in my private is my business and no one else's. We close ourselves off from our brothers and sisters in Christ and would rather be in bondage than to receive correction. That's what it, that's what it, that's this reality. Yeah. We may not think of it like that. Like, no, that's between me and God. That's, that's, we're, we're, we're doing our thing. You know, don't get into my business. Then I read several passages about what brothers should be doing. Mm -hmm. uh, one was from James. If anyone wanders, bring him back. Like, it's your job as a brother to bring him back, to save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Galatians 6. If anyone is caught in transgressions, brothers, you who are spiritual should restore him with gentleness. Gentleness. Right? Keep watch on yourself, lest you to be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, for this fulfills the law of Christ. And then Jesus himself said, temptations to sin are sure to come. But forgive each other seven times. And if he does it again, seven times a day. And if he turns to you seven times and saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Like I thought about, I got stuck <clears throat> there, not stuck, but yeah. I, I let my mind uh, settle in <clears throat> on that part. Yeah. Uh, you talked about it a little bit about this idea of forgiveness. And I think that my natural reaction, and I, I think I can see it elsewhere, yeah. um, is for people to be like, when somebody says, forgive me, I think. You're like, ah, yeah, whatever. Uh, well. I think a lot of times I judge that. How how likely are they to really quit this sin? Or, 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 or do you say, what am I forgiving you for? No. Right? Oh, no. no just, I know what you mean, but yeah. in this case, I'm like, okay, this person screwed up, and they're asking for repentance, but let's be serious. You're going to do it again. Yeah, they're just going to turn around and do it they're again. They're just going to turn around and do yeah. it again. And that is sinful. Yeah. I think that is wrong, and that is, and I do it all the time. Yeah. And I was convicted this morning when you said that, because we should be people of forgiveness yeah. like that's what you marked. just read scripture said marked as people who forgive christ himself god forgives us every yeah. time we ask yeah. how who are we to qualify or judge somebody's 
heart or meaning or the future or what they'll do each time they say, I'm sorry, forgive me. When I go, you know, I don't know if I want to forgive you this time because you're going to just do it again. What? Yeah. That's awful. I ended that section with, if you're stuck in bondage to sin, right? If you keep sinning, like, Pastor, I keep doing the same sin over and over and over again. If Christ tells us to forgive one another 70 times seven, right? Mm -hmm. How much more would he forgive us if we turn to him in faith? Right. Like, it's it it's huge, right? Uh, but we don't often think about it. We don't often think about, am I my brother's keeper, right? We don't think about it like that, or we use that term negatively uh, with Cain and Abel. But Jesus, God even says to Cain, you got to get your body in check because temptation's crouching around. Sin is crouching around the corner uh, is what God says to Cain. I don't remember that part uh, from Genesis 4. Yeah. We'll probably go back to that. Um, but then David confesses his sins, but there's a consequence. You already mentioned that. Yeah. What's the consequence? child is killed. Yeah, the, the child, child between him and Bathsheba gets really sick and dies seven days later. Yeah. You know, I was sitting with Perry during this section and she turned to me and she goes, wait, I thought Solomon was that child. Yeah. Now, Solomon That's, is that, Bathsheba and yeah, David's child. But like but four it's this, sons later. It's this, yeah. yeah, it's the second son. <clears throat> um, and uh, this first baby that they had, this one that caused all the sin, Uriah's death and all of this, the consequence of their of David's sin is that baby doesn't survive. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, it's it's hard. Uh, God's word is fulfilled when He speaks, uh, and this in this instant it was literal death, uh, literal consequence. It's a huge. Think about Bathsheba, right? She was in the middle of this. Like a lot of people focus on, well, the king made her do it, and all this kind of stuff. Both. Both were in the wrong. David was in David as God's anointed king was wrong, um, but the sin consequence is the death of this child. Mm. I can't imagine uh, where Bathsheba is, um, but David himself uh, would have to be. He was fasting. He was he was not eating. Um, he was mourning uh, over this time. But then when the baby dies, he eats and he worships. Yes, I can't imagine uh, doing either one of those things right. uh, in this moment. And I move to the question. I don't know if it fit well or not, but the wages of sin is death, right? Yep. In this case, it's literal death. It could be spiritual death, right? Yep. If I were to die in my sin without placing my faith in Christ, I would be eternally separated apart from God or at least experiencing the wrath of God eternally. Mm-hmm. And so I ask the question, how will how can I know that I'm not going to die in my sin? I don't know if it fit well. I knew what you meant. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I thought it was in, in the sermon part. But I met I talked about a passage where Jesus was talking to the Jews. He says, "If you uh, die, uh, no, sorry." He says, "I'm going away. You will seek me, and you will die in your sin. I'm going to a place you can't come, right? Uh, and the sin uh, of dying in sin is the unbelief in Christ as the Messiah, right? If you do not place your faith and trust in Christ, you will be died, dying in your sin." And that's, I like how you said, you know, this isn't head knowledge. Yeah. You can, all of us, probably people who listen to this show are of a certain mindset and it's pretty easy to be like, okay, you know, I know in my head that Jesus is the son of God. Okay. You even mentally believe it. Right. Yeah. But this, that's not what he's, that this goes way deeper than that. This is the, you know, the faith of, I believe it. It impacts my, my, my life. I've given my soul over Yeah, and you know, I don't want sin in my life. I don't, not because God says you can't sin, but because (laughs) I understand he is the one true God and I want to be pure and clean for him. 
Yeah, it's trusting that Jesus is enough. Like he's sufficient. His death on the cross holds back the wrath. It's, he's the payment, right? He put my sin on his shoulder. Uh, he experiences the wrath of God on the cross so that I don't have to. The right. belie- the one who believes in Christ is free from that. Um, if you haven't placed your faith in Christ, you will be dead in sin. You will die in sin. And when you stand before God, it is your sin that he looks at and not Christ. When I die, having faith in Christ, it's his son that he looks at and not me uh, for his works. That's kind of the sermon. That's kind of how we we, we wrap that up. Um, I liked any, it. Anything you want to add? Take no, away? It was, um, it was a healthy uh, look at sin. And like you said, we, it's one of those things we, we kind of avoid. I don't um, think I've, I don't think I've preached a sermon, a sermon like that. Um, it was that con- poignant. Yeah. It was convicting. It was, um, it was, not accusatory, yeah. not hell and brimstone, uh, but it was real. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I was telling uh, our, our youth, our student pastor. Uh, hey, you hearing that? Get a yeah. little phone call there from my daughter. Um, I was telling the youth pastor this type of sermon was more for me uh, in preparation than it was for the the church. Uh, but as I preached through it, uh, I thought that it fit well with where we're headed. And what we've been talking about overall, I do too. And there were a lot there. Were, I, f- I feel like there was, for me at least, uh, that conviction. I've said that several times now um, of just reorienting myself. Like uh, you know, I I think a lot. We've talked here recently a couple times about um, the idea of um, doing things that look religious yeah oh yeah you know and um just doing doing religious things for the sake of religious things um but um you know being being really invested and understanding how sin separates us and and understanding how redemption and um you know that's the that's the purpose of this sermon series is the redemptive plan of god and if you don't acknowledge and talk about sin and how we are yeah. separated from God, yeah. then what's he redeeming us from? So I thought it was, I thought it was good. Yeah. For me, it was, I'm tempted just as everybody else is tempted, right? We're all tempted uh, to sin. I don't have to go near the line. I don't have to ask, Hey God, where's the line? How, how far can I go down this road before I sin? Um, when temptation comes, we can turn from that and, and recognize it. Um, I think one of the things for me and moving forward is that when I'm tempted, I'm going to try to write it down, like maybe mentally, but I want to physically write it down and say, this is a temptation for me. And I want to kind of not go to that. I don't want to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like I want to know that when it comes up in my life uh, f- for me. I uh, I did a study several years ago um, by uh, a guy named Andy Stanley, you know, Andy Stanley yeah, yeah. Um, called Guardrails. I'm not a fan right now. I know. And I don't, I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> probably need to say his name, but regardless, <laughs> The, the 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 lesson was good and it was about guardrails yeah. and he was saying you know um when when we have things in our lives that are temptations um <clears throat> it is not it's just like you were saying in the first part of your sermon you know how close should you get to that thing yeah. that's the and, question we all want to know pastor just tell me where the sin is like, yeah like I, i'm gonna yeah. go right up to the edge of yeah. it but i don't want to actually sin and his point was you know when you're driving down a road the the cliff on the side of the road, you know, is, is death. Yeah. It's the Um, line. (laughs) And so you need a guardrail in your life long before you get to the cliff 
that says, hey, come back this way. Um, yeah. Metaphorically speaking, of course. And, you know, he did a whole series on it. And I, I didn't hate it at all, but I like the idea of limits. Uh, what you were saying is like writing it down and saying, here's a temptation for me. So next time I ain't even getting close to that. Yeah. Uh, I'm thoughtful of several years ago, the, the, the youth minister before you so we're talking a long time ago. Yeah. You were youth minister here before you were pastor, and the youth minister here before you um, had something he talked to the church about called Covenant Eyes. Mm, yeah. I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, but it's basically an app that you can put on your phone that shares what you're doing with someone. Yeah. So if you had a Nathan in your life or if you had a spouse in your life and say, you know, you're you know, betting or say you're gambling or say you're looking yeah. at pornography or say you're, you know, whatever it may be that your phone is, you know, you're, you, you, you've got some issue going yeah. on there, putting a limit for yourself to say, I don't even want to get near this thing. And I want some help yeah. with that is healthy. Yeah. And, and we not didn't something talk, that we all do very frequently. Yeah, we or didn't, easily. I didn't do it a lot of application. There was some application for each point, but uh, a big application is, you know, do you have accountability in your life, right? Yeah. So that's something the listener, like, hey, is there someone you can turn to and say, hey, look, I've messed up a little bit. I need some help with this. And and find that godly man or woman that could give you correction, godly correction, not just mean, like, hey, you're a punk, but right. like really just kind of guide you and walk with you uh, through that. I think that would be very, very healthy. Yeah, uh, very practical, uh, smart way to approach things, not in the way of, you got to be strong enough to figure this thing out on your own, yeah. but to be responsible in the sense of, uh, okay, there are going to be temptations. That's not going away. Yeah. Even our Lord had temptation. Yeah. And he um, even says, hey, they're coming. Like right. you're going to be tempted. Yes. Uh, but you forgive one another, right? Yeah. You, f- you, you bring the brother back. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, good podcast. Yeah, buddy. My voice sounds like I you, ate a You turtle. sound terrible. How are you feeling over there? I feel okay. I think just congestion think this last a week. and a couple of Ricola. <laughs> Ricola. <laughs> hey, hey uh, always good to be on a podcast with you. I enjoy it, bud. I really do. It's good to hang out. <laughs> Love God. Love people. Make disciples.